Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's happening, everybody? Welcome in episode nine of the Portland Winterhawks podcast. I'm your host, Andy Dirk Johnson. I can't believe we're already on episode nine. The season is just flying by, and uh, Portland, boy, oh boy, man, are they playing some good hockey right now? Another great weekend. The streak sits at 14 consecutive games with a point. The winning streak is now up to seven after sweeping this past weekend. Four to one Friday night at home against Prince George. The hockey is for everyone. Pride night, awesome night at the Coliseum. They go up on the road. Saturday with a crazy win at Seattle, six to five in the shootout, and then a you know ho hum eight nothing, no big deal win at home Sunday night against Tri City. Back in action tonight, but I, we've said it a few times. I think the most impressive win of the season. We've kind of readjusted every couple of weeks. I, I don't know how you pick any other game than that Saturday win. Falling down 3 nothing early in that game. You get the teddy bear toss goal. And I was talking with Jack O'Brien, who's going to be on here in a moment, about that that intermission was a long one because when you score the teddy bear toss goal late, you get the extended break. They send you off into the locker room early, so they got to sit around and wait. But to come from behind in that game, get that win, considering where the division standings are at, the run that they've been on against Seattle. Seattle wanted revenge for that uh, loss the previous weekend uh, to Portland. That was a big, big win for this team. Uh, We'll take a look at what's to come here, not only this weekend, but the rest of the month here as we wrap things up. But don't want to waste too much of your time. Let's jump right in. So uh, editors note I had the chance to stop by the Memorial Coliseum yesterday. It was great to be back in the old barn and uh, have a chance to sit down with, of course, Nick Merrick, the play-by-play voice. You'll hear from him in just a few moments. His thoughts on the way the team's playing and the development that he's seen from some of the younger guys. He shares a great story uh, that you hear on the road, at, uh, the, a great tradition that happens with these guys when they get a win. Let's start, though, with Jack O'Brien. I've really enjoyed these kind of player features and spotlights and getting to know these guys on a more personal basis, and I hope you've enjoyed it as well. But he, he was awesome to talk to. You're going to love this young man. Shared some great stories about the team, the way they're playing, some of the rivalry moments and the fan interactions he has on the road in Seattle or in Everett. Uh, great behind-the-scenes look at some of the music they play in the locker room. I really enjoyed this conversation. I think you will. So uh, I think you will as well. Let's jump right into it. Uh, Nick Merrick coming up in a couple of moments. Moments, but first, Jack O'Brien had the chance to talk with him yesterday. Enjoy this one. Jack O'Brien, what do we got? Eight goals, 15 assists, 23 points in 41 games. First off, how's it feel uh, to be out of class for a couple minutes? <laughs> I definitely don't mind it. <laughs> Anything to get me out of the class in the morning, it's, it's always nice. I want to start with you. There's a million things I want to talk about, but first off, let's get to the win Saturday night in Seattle mm-hmm. and just what that was like. So, I, I mean, I'm watching it at home. I'm seeing it. I'm like, all right, Teddy Bear Toss night. Playing Seattle, you just beat them too the weekend prior, like so you know they're coming after you. You've had their number as of late. You fall down big early. Their teddy bears are on the ice. I mean, what did that mean to come back, win that game, just for the division standings to win in front of their crowd? Just walk me through Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, 
it was a crazy game and it yeah. was so fun to play in and yeah being down it, it we just we just seemed to find a way like i feel like that's kind of been how our team's been a little bit this year i mean we started off struggling a little bit at the beginning of the season but now we're on like a 13 game point streak or whatever but it's you know i i think just we were just really determined to get back into that game and not give up and guys weren't down on the bench hanging their heads or anything like we were just trying to be strong the whole time and like i mean and stuff just kind of just started bouncing our way and um i mean we we had to work for everything and you know ended up coming with the win but yeah i mean we're just really strong and resilient group yeah. that can you know I, I thought it was just that was that was one of the most fun games that I, I can remember, like in a Winter Ox jersey, especially in uh, Seattle's barn. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine. I mean, and you're talking about the the winning streak. Like, what what has happened, man? Like, what's going on? Like, because you know, Nick and I have talked a lot throughout the year, and I've done a couple of the TV games early in the season where yeah. you felt like, all right, you know, like Seth's not coming back this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, know, you guys will be okay. Maybe find your footing a little bit. But it's like all of a sudden you wake up around the holiday break, and you guys are going, and you ha- you haven't lost a game in regulation since like December 18th, man. It's nuts. Yeah. I know a couple of shootout and overtime losses and stuff, but what what has clicked? Like, what's going on inside the locker room that just all of a sudden you're you're unbeatable right now? Yeah, I mean, I think especially with like the trade line hap or the trade deadline happening, like we know that this is our group. This is yeah. who we're gonna have to you know go into playoffs with and win a championship with. So, I think, I mean, everyone's like really tight on the team. There's no outcasts or anything at all. So, yeah, I I mean. We've just been, I mean, really the big thing is like we're all we're all putting in the work throughout the week, and I think that's really paying off. And Mike and Don are such an impelli are such great coaches, and, you know, they set goals with us, what we need to improve on and um, what we want to look like when we get into playoffs. So, I mean, we uh, we get worked pretty good throughout the week, <laughs> but but it uh, it's really paying off right now, and, you know, they're just kind of the boys are hot right now, so we're just we're just trying to keep that uh, that momentum. Now let me ask: you guys got any weird like superstitions? Like, has nobody changed their underwear in a month and a half? Like anything like that going on inside the locker room? Ah, uh, listening to the I same really... music, same pregame meals, none of that. Or are you just letting it ride? Well, I guess yeah. I mean, well, in warm ups, whenever we don't lose, we don't like we don't change our warm up songs. Okay. So All I right. guess a little bit with that, but I'm I'm pretty like. I don't know if it's superstitious, but like I'm very specific on like my routine with like mm-hmm. game day, and I like I'll go throw pucks on the bench at the same time, and then okay. I'll like I'll need to throw each puck like at a like specific time. I go like each ten <laughs> seconds, I'll throw a puck, then I go into the locker room and I get dressed at a specific time. I'll go tie my skates at a specific time, put my <laughs> tops on, and then yeah, it's it's very. Uh, it's it's good to get in a groove and it's like it's kind of it's just fun to do yeah, that too yeah. you know yeah you get, you get in your routine. cycle your routine yeah. going and hey man I, hawk fans are loving it because it's it's turning into wins yeah. every night like it's just been crazy to watch yeah. you guys climb up the standings do you, what, what's the end like do you have another goal in sight like are you trying to is it everett is it reaching Kamloops, number two in the west like just fighting off seattle or are you just taking it game by game i mean i think we're gonna you know sky's the limit <laughs> i think yeah. we can we can go as far as we as we want right now um i mean obviously catching everett i think they have the best record in the league right now but um i think it's very doable yeah. i think we have a group that can definitely beat them we've we beat them this year so we know we can um 
and same with Kamloops and and Seattle. So I think it's very doable yeah. to reach the top of the standings. Well, a lot of season left too. I mean, you still got a yep. couple months to go, and all those divisional matchups. So you're going to see him a ton. Walking behind you mentioned the trade deadline and how big of a deal that was to just kind of know this is the group. What's that like in there when you lose a guy like Jonas, who I know was beloved for you guys, mm-hmm. and then you pick up Taylor, who's just been, I mean, just incredible since coming yeah. over, where there's that catch-22 where you got those relationships built and you're welcoming a new teammate. What's that like for you guys as you see a teammate go, but also welcoming a guy who's helped you a ton here in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, obviously knowing Jonas for like the past two years, it was, it was pretty sad seeing him go, but... Yeah. We'll be able to we'll be able to see him a few times this year, but yeah, Jonas was such a great guy. Like he was just such a glue guy in the locker room, and like I don't have a single bad thing to say about him. He was just such a great guy. But you know, getting getting goats for him that was I think that was a really good trade. And yeah, like you said, goats has been unbelievable yeah. coming to our team. And you know, goats is a great guy too, and he's just fit in right yeah. away. And yeah. all the boys love him. So and doesn't let very many goals in, so that gives us a little bit more of a reason to love him, too. Yeah, he's holding everybody off the board, right? Yeah. Up some shutouts here yeah. recently, so yeah, that helps exactly. a little bit. Um, what has been your biggest area of growth, you think, this year? I mean, obviously, last year was such a weird year for you guys. Yeah. Where I mean, it's the COVID year and getting sent away and play. I mean, it's just such a strange year, but you got some experience this season before, before things shut down. Mm-hmm. What was the focus point kind of coming into the year for you? And obviously, a big year of development, and yeah. how have you gone about it? What's been the big area of growth for you? I think just taking things into my own hands a little bit more, because when I was 16, I was playing with Jarvis and DeRoe, and, you know, they kind of – that's two pretty good players to play with as a 16-year-old. So. <laughs> so they were more driving the line for me, and I I did my job with them. I I knew Jarvis could go score, and I'd go give him the puck, and DeRoe would make plays to me, and I could get open for him. But, you know, I'm, I'm not playing with 13th overall in the NHL anymore. So, um, you know, just being able to take control of my line and drive that line – um, that's been really my main goal. And, you know, obviously just obvious things like getting stronger right, and, and, right. and all that stuff. But um, I think just really taking responsibility for uh, for my line, that's been one of my biggest goals this year. Well, how nice has it been too? And I know this has always kind of been the case with Mike's offenses, but you lose a guy like Seth who doesn't come back. I know everybody wanted him back this year, mm-hmm. but having the ability, it feels like every night when you watch you guys that, I mean, maybe it's a night where the top line gets two, three goals. Maybe it's a night where the fourth line gets two, three goals. Like, having that depth scoring, how great is that? That it feels like on any given night, somebody else is going to jump in. You've had nights where there's been guys with, like, 15 dudes who dress get a point. Like, it's yeah. nuts. Like, how great is it to have that depth scoring? No, it's great. I mean, it's it's always great when you got the, the whole team, like, contributing. And, yeah. you know, everyone feels a part of the team and, like, that they're doing their part. So, um, yeah, I, I think we have we have really good depth. And, I think that's a big advantage of us playing other teams that like have three lines, and then when they got a, they're only putting their fourth line out there, maybe one or two shifts a game against our fourth line. But like our fourth line, could play against their first line if they need right, to. Right. So it's, I think that's a huge advantage for us. And guys aren't just bagged the whole game, and um, everyone's fresh going on the ice, and everyone's involved and excited. And I think it's a huge advantage to have four strong lines. Well, and you mentioned the the comeback win against Seattle too. Like just having that ability late in the game, maybe yeah. the legs are a little fresher. Not just relying on six or nine guys, yeah, right? Exactly. The, the entire game. Let, let's let's look around the U.S. division. So we talked about Seattle. 
Uh, Everett, who I know, they play a little bit of a different style, mm-hmm. and uh, not everybody's a huge fan of their style a few times a time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Spokane, try, like, walk me through what it's like being a player in a Winterhawks jersey, going on the road, or even welcoming them here, and just what those rivalries are like up and down the U.S. division. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think Seattle's probably our biggest rivals. Yeah. You know, they... They got some questionable guys on their team that I'm not very. You can name big. names if you want. You go ahead. I mean, ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> they're. Uh, I don't know if I really like anyone on their team, but I don't think I'm supposed to. There's no friends out there. That's but, right. That's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah, um, yeah, Seattle. I mean, you just you know you're gonna go to the net, and you won't even touch the goalie or anything, and you got two guys' gloves right in your face, and you're like. Like, I, I'd last home game that we played against them. I just went to the net, and uh, I think it was, I, I forget who it was, but he, like, pushed me right into the net and knocked the net off, and then yeah. I gave him one little shove, and then he looked at me and went like that. And I was <laughs> like, all right, I guess it's go time. Here so, we go, yeah. Yeah, but um, you you know that Seattle's <laughs> going to start stuff. Yeah. And they know, you know, obviously even going to Seattle, like, they their building is, you know, their crowd has a lot of momentum for them and uh, they're going to want to <laughs> build it however, like whatever it takes, whether it's through scrums or fights or whatever. Right, but right. yeah, I, I love playing Seattle though. Like it's, it's always really fun games, like even like in our barn or their barn. So, um, but yeah, and playing Everett, <laughs> I always hate going to Everett though, cause they always got those freaking cowbells. <laughs> And whenever I go, like, if I ever get in a penalty there, there's always this guy that sits on the box, and he's, like, just yelling at, like, 16- and 17-year-old kids, like, saying, like, oh, you suck. It's, like, 55-year-old kid is, like, shut up, man. (laughs) The entire time. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. But I've been trying to, like, I'm always, like, prepared to go to Everett and, like, okay, well, if I get a penalty, what am I going to say to this guy? Right, I got to turn around (laughs) and have a comment. Hopefully you're up 2-0 or something in the game and give him a scoreboard. I I think we we scored, like, I was in the box and he was, like, yelling at me and we scored. And then I looked at him and I got my stick and I was banging on the glass (laughs) and I was like, oh, you see that? You see that? But. Oh, that's great. Like, I remember I, I talked to Jaden a couple months back, and he mentioned that it's it's not just even, like, playing Everett or the – he hates the whole city, I think is what he said. <laughs> like, he said he hates the walk from the hotel to the oh, arena. Yeah. Like, just being in there. He said the restaurants. Like, it's just <laughs> everything about that city he's against. Yeah. <laughs> no, we uh, – whenever we get to Everett, just because it's, like, a three-hour bus ride, we always stop at, like, the Starbucks down the street, right. get our drinks or whatever, and then we walk all the way to the rink, and it's just, like – you just see these like, you know, greasy people coming up to you and be like, "Oh, screw you, Winterhawks!" and all that stuff. And you're like, "Like, oh, I'm yeah, like 18 years old. Yeah, you're yelling at me right now. Come like, on, it's like, all right, cool. <laughs> take it easy. Got man. it. Take it easy. But it's also sick at the same time. You know. Yeah, it's got to be fun, right? Yeah, you kind of get awesome. that juice going when. And I know the same thing happens here when they're, you know, Seattle or Everett's yeah. coming to town, right? Portland fans are giving yeah. them hell. Yeah, exactly. You guys are known for great crowds. What has it been like? I mean. Not every team in the WHL, when you're picking where you're going, you're getting drafted and all that stuff, not everybody has a coach like Mike Johnston who can develop and teach. He's obviously a coach at the NHL level. Like, what has that meant for you in your development, you think? I mean, you mentioned a while back just how, how great the entire staff has been with yeah. you. But having a head coach like Mike, what has that meant to you? Yeah, I mean, Mike is definitely hands down the best coach I've ever had. And, you know, he just, he just you can always tell he just he cares so much. Mm-hmm. Like, he he's very... Um, you know, he just, he, 
like for this year like we just like put a plan together on what like i needed to get better at and like you could have just said oh you need to compete harder you need to shoot the puck more and but like right. he actually like put a plan down and worked with our trainer and like what i need to get better at and it just it really shows you that he cares about his players and like he knows what he's doing too like he's put a lot of guys in the nhl and mm-hmm. he wants every player on our team to succeed and to get to the next level so i don't think there's a single guy on our team that he he doesn't care for at all or or anything and he just you know he he really loves his players, and yeah. I think that's just what makes him such a great coach. I mean, that's a pretty good attribute to have, too, right? You got the track record to prove it, right? Yeah. When you're coming up, it feels great. Like, hey, this guy yeah. knows what the hell he's yeah, doing. Exactly. We're putting guys into the league. All right, so I like to end these, Jack, with just kind of a fun get to know you, okay? All right. So I'm just going to rattle through. You can name first thing. You can expand on your answer if you want, <laughs> okay. okay? It can be as simple as you want. Uh, what, what's your favorite TV show? Uh, I'd probably say The Office. Okay. All right. So, I mean, that's a great answer. It's an yeah. all-time classic. Yeah, I love The Office. How many times have you watched it through? Are you like a guy that can watch it a million times over and over again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they took it off Netflix. So it was yeah. when it was on Netflix, I would grind through it. I'd kind of <laughs> just go through like a four or five-month period of not watching it, and then it comes back all of a sudden. And I'm like, oh, great. Now I got like seven seasons to watch this is amazing it's great too because the episodes are like 22 minutes yeah long, exactly so just turning and burning yeah. when you're on the bus probably yeah uh what's your favorite movie favorite movie um mm. you can go right now you can go all time something you watch recently i mean for like me i kind of like this like uh, not as serious movies and like kind of super movies like Step Brothers or okay. Talladega Nights or uh, go the comedy angle. I yeah, like, that. like I I love I will love Will Ferrell. He's so funny. So yeah. I like the whole catalog really works, man. Him and uh, I forget the other guy's name, but John Riley, John C. Riley. Yeah, 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 yeah. them two together is so <laughs> funny. Uh, what? Uh, who's your favorite uh, like musical artist or band you're listening to right now? I. Uh, I've been listening to uh, a lot of Kendrick Lamar recently. Okay. okay. Uh, some of his older stuff. But, yeah, I, I've been, every car ride, I've kind of just been. That's kind of been the mood lately. Yeah, yeah. Are you a big rap guy before game? Are you a music guy before games? Um, I don't have my own headphones or anything. I kind of just listen to what the boys just have whatever's on. whatever's on in the locker room. Yeah, we, we have, like, when we're taping our sticks and stuff, we got rap music on, and then we go upstairs, and it's a little bit more upbeat, like, EDM music, and then we get downstairs, and then it's strictly rock music, because <laughs> Clay loves rock music, and it's strictly rock music. He gets to pick as a captain. Yeah. He gets the, the call. ACDC, yeah. Kiss. Every time we wear black, he plays back in black. Like, everything. <laughs> Hey, well, last on the last episode, I had Merrick on, mm-hmm. and he he was a little sad. You guys don't like his Czech music, so let <laughs> let him play some of his national music, okay? Give, give I don't him, know, I don't know. <laughs> give him the dial every it's now and then. A little questionable. Right? <laughs> uh, what's your favorite fast food place? Um, hmm, I I like Taco Bell a lot. Man, that's the Talk- that's the goat right there. Taco Bell's pretty yeah. pretty fire. What's your go to? You chalupa Ooh. guy, just bean burrito, quesadilla, I like, crunch wrap. I mean, uh, can't go wrong. I, I, I like the crunch right. wrap yeah. supreme, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And they used to have these things called Mexi Melts. I don't know if you ever so remember good. them. So and they good. took them off the menu, and I was so butthurt about that. <laughs> but they were so good because I get like six of them because they're just these little mini burrito <laughs> things, and you could just diesel all of them. It was so good. Have you ever been to Taco Bell and not ordered too much food? 
It always seems like you you have like a few extra tacos laying right? around. Right, always. After. You always like you're always so hungry going yeah, through the drive-through. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna. Go. Oh yeah, well yeah, throw two of those in there. Like you just <laughs> gotta keep going. It's like going to Costco or yeah. something. Uh, uh, favorite video game. Uh, recently, like Fortnite came back, yeah. and like it's kind of fun now. So okay. that's okay. what all the boys have been playing right now. I really like Call of Duty, like and like Warzone yeah. and and all that stuff, but. More of the like shooting games. Oh, it Chell's always a classic, but yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's always so much hockey you can take in a day. So <laughs> it's nice to, to get your mind away from yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Now and then. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's see here. Who, who's the best teammate to sit next to on a long bus trip? Uh, I, uh, I like sitting next to. The cozy because he's pretty quiet doesn't really bother me that's that much what you want on a long bus yeah gonna bother you yeah and then pasta's right in front so he he's always fun to talk to and chisers right next to us too and gabe and and steph so <laughs> we got we got a good group of guys that, you do that you like guys seem, you got together. a good locker room kind of connection yeah. right now and everybody's yeah, exactly. closed after the deadline well i mean i know hey look it's been so fun to watch you guys the last couple of weeks it's yeah. been crazy it's like every time i'm turning it on even on saturday i'm watching the game and it's like all right it's gonna come to an end it was gonna come to an end eventually right mm-hmm. they, they, no chance they win this <laughs> next thing and I, I look up and it's shootout with you know just crazy the way you guys are playing right now so keep it up it's been a ton of fun watching thanks for the time man yeah no problem thanks for having me all right, rolling on here, Portland Winterhawks podcast, as always, here recording at the VMC. It feels great to be back in the building. Tucked away in a nice little cubicle here, loving it. Play-by-play <laughs> man, Nick Merrick. What's up, Nick? Andy, it's finally good. I think it's like the first time in like two months we've had a chance to actually like link up in person again. I know. Everything's been all over the phone. I know it's been on uh, It's been on the team schedule. It's been this COVID madness that's uh, yeah. you know the second wave, but... Uh, just good to kind of be back in a rhythm now. It seems like the team's going to be on the road quite a bit, so right. when we actually... We, when, when we can actually get the uh, face-to-face contact, it's even uh, it's going to be even better. I mean, it feels good. Hopefully we're not jinxing something here, right? Because it's been great play as of late since the last time I was here. T- give me your your glimpse of this. Like, you're on the road. You're seeing every every game. You're around the team every day. I, 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 I'm kind of running out of things to say. Like, I know. I, I'm just like in awe of every time I'm turning the team, you know, turning the game on or following along on the app or whatever. And it's just another win after another win and watching them climb up. What, what's been your vantage point, your thoughts on this? I, I feel like we've been saying it like so much recently. You're right. But it, it's just the team's so well knit and they just kind of have a game plan yeah. and everyone's in the same focus. Like there's this aura when you walk in, like it's almost like twin talk. Where everyone's on like the same page, they don't have to say it, but they just know. Um, even like kind of some silly things, like when you're just walking through the locker room and, and you kind of just go to connect with the person for about two minutes and just see how their day is going, how it was, and yeah. everyone's focused. And like they'll they'll obviously have time for you and 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 they'll they'll take a conversation on. But it's like it's like this business aura, and like we're you know we're here for a goal, and it's really starting to build and grow more because I think the teams get more confident. And, and when you go through a big lull, and then I think you come on, you know, you're now you're riding a little bit of a high, which I'm sure it's going to end eventually. It, it can't go on forever. Like look at Everett, they had an 18 game point streak, eventually stopped, uh, but they're still playing great hockey. Same thing is going to happen with Portland. Once the streak ends, they're still going to be playing great hockey. It doesn't cancel what they've gotten to. It's just going to be, okay, a nice feather in the cap of, you know, what's 13, 14, 15, 16 game point streak or whatever right, it ends right, up being. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's you just focus on the next opponent and you, you, you take control of what you can. So it's really wild to see how far this group has come since the beginning. And, it, you know, th- 
coming in, everyone thought they would have an advantage because it was a similar group from that COVID season. You get some of those guys back from Lincoln. You just heard from Jack. Uh, so now it's like, wow, on paper, you have what your group was last year. Now you're just inserting four players back who have been key members of you who are going to be a top six forwards. They're going to be top defensive pair. One's your co-captain now. Um, so you're thinking, wow, sky's the limit. But then when it didn't click that way off the beginning, y- you you kind of are like scratching your head thinking, what? What, what did we overlook? What, what was missed? Um, and it just, you know, in, in hindsight, it just took a little while to kind of get in the rhythm in front of fans again and getting used to a more normal schedule. Like, it, it wasn't normal last year during COVID. So, uh, you know, you right. go through it and you, it's, your, it's your new normal. But, uh, you know, teams are forced to can generate their own energy. I've seen that so many times. And they said, yeah, like, we kind of have to hype each other up on the bench because there's no crowd to build off of. So now they have to, like, kind of adjust that strategy when they come in front of fans. Like, how do you shelter out the visiting fan base? How do you make sure you still play your game? Like, now you're up 2 nothing on the road. You could ride to a win because it's not really a road game. You're just playing in front of nobody. <laughs> right, you're right. playing at a practice rink. It's I mean, not a practice arena. rink. Yeah, yeah, you're just playing by yourself. Um, you know, you're playing to a camera, basically, uh, which is no different what they do on scouting reports, you know, when the coaches go over film sessions. Uh, but now you're, you're on the road 2 nothing. Opposing team scored. Now you got 3,000 to 5,000 fans ticked off at you and they got some energy. Now you got to stop it. So uh, just kind of learning those things and making sure that the Hawks play their style has been kind of the biggest helping point to where they are right now. Well, and let me ask you this. I mean, when they when they picked up Gauthier, I know we talked about how great of a deal it was, an upgrading goal, and Januzzi has been playing well too. You know, it's great to have that 1A and 1B. 100%. Now, I know one of the things we've highlighted is maybe an area of improvement that they were going to focus on is the way they were playing in front of their goaltender. Have you seen that? How, how has that stood out to you recently of just the way they're helping out their goaltender? Because I know a Gauthier, the goaltender always gets the numbers, right? Like, hey, he's undefeated or, you know, his goal's allowed, his save percentage, it looks great. Yep. But the guys in front of him have so much to do with that. How have they played in front of him, you think? You're right. It, that That's the biggest part that's changed because you have a younger defensive group and you're kind of looking at early on, there's, there's some growing pains there. They're struggling to get the puck out of the zone. But it's not always on the defensive fault. This is something that took me a while because I'm just not – I never – like I never played hockey sure. growing up. I, I was always a visual sport and I would try to pick up things from Mike and Don and Brian and the players and, and everything. And you learn more. And, um, you know, in the process of that, you're thinking, okay, well, it's probably the defensive fault because they couldn't move the puck out right. of the zone. But sometimes it's where were the forwards? Were the forwards too high? Were they out at center ice already? So there was just kind of this disconnect on they're, they're trying to relearn the, not relearn the systems, but essentially because you had a longer off season, you're kind of relearning the systems together. Um, coming back from the off-season break and making sure you, you know you're at the right spot in the boards to catch the pass, where then the you know you won't get picked off. And um, there's just more fluidity now. Like it was a little bit more broken up, and that was leading to some trouble. Can I get younger defense? Who okay? Here's what I think I should be doing, but they couldn't quite act quick enough, and then the forwards weren't there to help. So everything was a little bit discombobulated. Um, and now you get. Dante and Taylor, who could both play the puck very well, so that always helps too. They're they're very good calming presence um, when they're handling the puck. So it just it just kind of helps with the brevity of okay, let's just move it, and then everything kind of just teleports to where it should be. So it's it's more of like the group coming together almost, and that's really benefited because the forwards are really. I, I think there's almost every single forward's been out there blocking shots. Like, they, they take pride in that during practice. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's Tyson Kozak wearing four a game on his shin pads. It's Jack O'Brien coming out there and, and making a big stop in front of the net and clearing a puck. It's Gabe Clausen tangling up a stick. So, like, mm-hmm. the forwards are playing the defensive game. And now the defense are starting to pinch in on the rush a little bit more, and they're getting more comfortable to, to chip in offensively and, and work it in the offensive zones. So then points are coming, and it's just kind of like you, you hit that good aura where everything's right. kind of, 
coming together well. Right. It's all kind of gelling finally. I love the analogy, too, of looking at it because you're so right that it's easy when you're turning the puck over back behind your own net or you can't clear your own zone. It's all, You always look at that. Like, why right. aren't the defensemen, you know, no tape-to-tape passes? 100%. Why are you not clearing it out? Why are you turning it over and not realizing, you know, it's like in basketball, an analogy that you got to have your outlet guy. you got right. to find that first pass to start a fast break. Yep. And if he's not there, you're standing around looking. The defense can get set up, and you're not going to maybe score a bucket on the other end. I love that look. And then, you know, the, the, the youth of this team, I think, has been a lot of fun to watch. And some of the guys that at least fans are maybe getting that first look at all season, which, and, and you can go on for as many players as you want, but of, of the young guys, which one's development has impressed you the most? Because I feel like that's been a great sign of, and we were just talking to Jack about it, the depth scoring of feeling like so many different guys can make an impact on any given night. And there's not many teams in the dub that you can argue that for lines one through four, but what, you know, just seeing them from where they were in game one to wherever, you know, game, what are we in game 40, something 50, I don't even know. I lose track at this point yep. of the year, but where we're at, which, which development has impressed you the most? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, everyone's listening to the Nick Merrick's voice here, and they're like, oh, what do I care about Nick? Give me Mike or his opinion on this one. Um, I feel like one, I'll kind of focus on the positions. I think defensively it's it's probably Luca Cagnoni, yeah. just from his story of coming in undrafted in the WHL, listed player. Him and Josh Morey were both up at their 15-year-old seasons as uh, uh, defensemen of the year for their for their league as 15-year-olds or in the under-15 bracket when they were uh, both protected by Portland. Maury was drafted. Luca was listed, which basically means they were passed over in the, what is it, the 12-round WHL draft or however long it ends up being, you know, to fill up your roster spots. And then the Winterhawks would have to drop someone on their list. It could be anybody. It could be, a you know, somebody who's 19 years old at the time that you still had protected. That you're like, well, he's not going to come. Or right. it could be another one of those young 15, 16-year-olds. And they added Luca. And they knew what his skill set was going to be. Then you kind of watch him develop. Then he comes here and he starts making plays. And uh, he's, he's probably the most dynamic defenseman with upside as well on this Winterhawks team. And I, I uh, truly believe he's going to be a very high draft pick next year in 2023. He's not eligible until then. But sure. I know he's already getting some attention from scouts just from coming to watch other players. And then you, you look down and you're like, who's 73? Like, he's not eligible <laughs> until 2023. Like, okay, got to, you know, going to put a pin on him and make sure I keep an eye on that development. Um, I, so I think his game's going to continue to really grow. And, and he's just one from that. That one's hard to judge, but I was using that comparison from getting passed over in his draft year to where, Yes, yeah, selfishly, I, I, you know, I'm with the Hawks. I want to support the Hawks, but I think he's going to be a top, you know, my top pick. Let's say second, second round would be a, a great sure. spot for him if, if he can get there and develop. So I think he's been really exceptional. Uh, Marcus Newen from a forward front has been one that's really impressed me. I, I think that was one where, from the draft standpoint, a little bit later pick. The, the potential was there, um, came to the Hawks, and then just really kind of like flipped a switch. And we, I saw sparks of it last year, and I was thinking, okay, He's got a good ceiling. Like, Marcus could really figure out this league. He could be an elite player here. But it takes those guys a little while. Mm -hmm. They have to get comfortable. And you really see that growth in Mike's system from 16 to 18. Like, wherever they kind of are as an 18, that's probably where they're going to end up being. Like, that's where the biggest growth for Mike, I, I see players go. Because you look at it, like, Oliver Bjorkstrand comes in, you know he's going to be good. Sure. Okay, well, he'll figure out that first year. Then that next year when he's 19 playing oh. here. 
that's how he's going to play in the WHL. He'll make some improvements, of course. Like he'll fine-tune some defensive things, but you kind of know where the players are going to be when they get to that age. Um, and he's kind of an example of that. Like He came in, and I'm like, wow, this guy's got potential. Like He's got the speed. He has a really good shot. He wasn't using it much first year, and now all of a sudden he comes in. I think he had, well, he had his first two-goal game the other night. Um, he's the I think he's the first 17-year-old to get the 20 points on the Hawks first season. Um, so like now the point production is kind of coming. The coach relied upon him for a top you know, top six role to, to help fill in with uh, from Delorme out with injury and Pasternak out with injury. So he's kind of really slowly starting to take yeah. the reins. I really yeah. like his progression because it's just very slow and steady. And it's one that he's, you know, it's, it's, you see the improvement every single day. Um, and then just one that's kind of been a big flash for me has been Luke Shelter. I thought he came in and it's like, this guy could really play like the perfect role that this team's missing. And this is the exact kind of centerman winger combo that this team could use. And not going to lie off the beginning, I'm thinking like, okay, maybe take a little slower, but he's a rookie. He's a rookie this year. Only had six games. It was last year. And it it takes a while, but you know, of course you come into a season and there's, there's championship expectations right off the bat. And you're thinking, okay, everyone's got to fit in right now. They got (laughs) to, they got to be the star now. (laughs) And uh, shelters kind of quietly coming around where he's playing the body a little bit better. He's, he's finding lanes in the offensive zone and really driving to the net. And that's kind of one thing that like that power forward esque role is a little lacking on Portland's roster. Um, There's a couple guys that can do it pretty well, but you know, it's one of those where, you just want to bully to the net, put a screen in front, get some greasy goals. Like you don't have to overcomplicate things. Like just, just be in the right spot. Yes, you're six yeah. foot three, six foot four. Like get there. You're you're gonna be able to outwork people. Like I I know you can. You know it's one of those like have confidence in yourself. You're gonna do it. And then all of a sudden, I think he puts up four or five points this past weekend. And it's like there we go. That's the glimpse that we've seen from Shelter. And, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see all the progressions. I'm not meaning to, like, saying this to dog the people. It's just a part of that development where totally. y- you, you want every Portland player to be perfect because that's what Portlanders are, are used to. We're, we're used to perfection here with the Winterhawks. Yeah. So uh, it's really cool to be able to see the, the growth from day one. And, and now being a part of every single player's career since the beginning, that's kind of a change for me because when I came in, I didn't have the backstories of all the guys. I would come in and a Cody Glasser ought to be a 19-year-old um, you know, going into his 20 season, and it's like, okay, well, I didn't see him as a 16-year-old, so I'm trying to pick up the comparisons, like oh, man, Nick, if you could have seen Cody as a 17, like, your mind would have been blown. <laughs> so it's it's cool from my standpoint now, I've been here long enough where there's nobody who really outlasts me, like nobody's been there. Oh, I didn't get to see your rookie season. Um, technically, Clay would be the one I guess as I say it but I watched so much film then on that year before that I feel like I saw enough taste of it so I felt like I was a part of it now of course you go back to the championship season that one's just like highlight sporadically that I'll pick up you know I I can't say I watched all of Seth Jones playing for Portland (laughs) but I'll get about a four or five game full length glimpse of it Um, so the development models phenomenal here and it's really cool to see the guys succeed i mean i love that that's why i like asking you because you're you get a glimpse that not many people do like, right you know i mean it's just you know I, I had somebody ask me the other day hey i'm enjoying the podcast so, you know how many games do you get to a year and it's like I, you know i try and get to 10 right if i can right. but it's just everybody's got different schedules and so when you get somebody that gets to see it on a day in and day out basis you get glimpses of practice you get to talk to the coaching staff without like, a doubt the development i think has been so fun and some of the guys that you mentioned kenyoni's a name that wasn't even really on my radar at the start of the year yep and now you're watching him now and you're seeing okay 
okay, the impact that he can make, and he's not getting talked about enough for the player that he is and being an undrafted guy. You love those kind of development stories. Um, I, I saw, you know, and you and I talked about this a little bit, another one coming up, but hockey is for everyone. Great thing that the team's doing. Yes. Had a game Friday, kicked off the 3-3 three and three against Prince, Prince George. Nice win, of course. Very right? good win. And added to the list of all the wins lately. Um, great crowd in the barn that night. What was that like for you guys? And I know the speakers came in, and then you got another one coming up on the 19th, but just that series that the team has, I just I think it's a great way to connect to the community and, and show to everybody that, as the saying goes, hockey is truly for everybody. It, it is. I, I kind of heard something, too, where um, there was there was a saying online that says, how can we even say we're doing hockey is for everyone? Like, we should do it like hockey is for for anyone because it's not even you know, we're, we're still trying to grow it to a point where the sport can you know the hockey community that is trying to build this where everyone's open to the sport and they can enjoy this with us yeah. um and it's it's hard because you go through the big nights like like pride night and, and um coming up black hockey history night in february and then march is going to be women in hockey night um you're just trying to shed some light on some of the hardships for you know certain areas of the sport and also then some key athletes who are a part of it that of course like everyone loves hockey and you know if you if it's not your cup of tea that's that's okay like we aren't the Winterhawks aren't trying to like change your opinion on things, but if you can at least be aware of some of the things that are going on, that's the big goal in those types of nights. So this year in particular, the team, the coaches, the staff, the, the players, uh, we had a chance to speak with Brock McGillis, who is a former junior athlete in the Ontario hockey league. He played professionally both in the States and in Europe. And he was the first hockey player on the male side to come out as openly gay. And he was telling us this story, and it's all about the language that you use in the locker room and and, and the backstory of how he kind of came to be. And now he's kind of that LGBTQ plus rights activist, which, again, it's not for everyone. If, if you aren't on that spectrum, like this podcast isn't going to convince you, right? <laughs> but um, just to be able to have that personal touch of somebody who walked the same shoes, especially as the players, but also the staff because we're around it, and we could see how much of an impact that people talking to our players or things that players do to other players or things that players see has an impact, especially like we're talking about development. The players are developing as humans too, right? Like this is the big, big part of their growth and we're all growing, but like that's the teenage years are a big, you know, it's a big stretch. Um, So being able to kind of hear the backstory of, of Brock and how he wants to improve the game and just, you know, really help make it more inclusive for his community, which is, you know, the, the gay community, the LGBTQ plus community. And just, you know, like being inviting and accepting to everyone in the sport and opening up that door and saying, yes, like we we know there's troubles and struggles for you to go through this. And, and he, you know, I, I don't need to go into the full details of the talk, but, you know, just saying you come in and, and as a player, as you have you have a, a tone, you have to fit like you're a bro. You come in and you're a hockey bro. You got to be talking about sports or music or video games or uh, whatever. Right. You know, just stupid boy things, of course. <laughs> but which is totally fine. That's you know, it, it becomes like a normal. But it's also like his whole message was. But that's not normal because we're all weird. There's no such thing as normal. Like everybody's different. Everyone's different, and that's that's the big thing for these hockey's for everyone's is is just. Yes, you're, you're, we're all hockey fans, but it's okay to be accepting to everybody. And uh, I really love that the nights are going on. And, of course, you see all the big things that are going on in Twitterverse nowadays and on the news, especially in different leagues, the ECHL, the AHL, the NHL. 
there's there's trouble and uh, everyone sees it you, it's hard to not find it even when you aren't trying to you're gonna run into those things so um you know the Winterhawks they we we want our family to be big we want them to feel like everyone's included we love this back you know I love working with you on these these podcast episodes to be able to uh get some behind the scenes look but uh then when you come into the to the uh the games and you enjoy the players you want to feel really connected so that's that's the cool part of this hockey family no doubt about it and I think it's great for the players to get that experience I mean I I think of where I was when I was their age and how different society was and the language we used and the understandings that we had about certain topics and issues and how much we've grown it really is you're almost in awe of these kids of where they're at it I mean hell it's 16 and 18 I don't even want to remember the crap that I was saying and the stuff that I was doing and I think it's a great sign of progress especially as you point out a lot of the really nasty and negative things that have happened in hockey leagues around the country uh, around uh, around North America here recently uh, uh, to, to end on a, a, a bright note an exciting note I know fans of hockey are bummed no uh, NHL players in the Olympics this year but it has opened the door for some kind of cool opportunities and I believe by my count four Winterhawks are in the Olympics so yes who do we got or former Winterhawks I should say so I don't want to anybody <laughs> hey who's leaving where am I They're going to Beijing for a couple weeks so four former Winterhawks who's playing where are they playing like tell me the backstory here yeah, Tyler Watherspoon uh, won the cup in 2013. Yep. He's playing for Team Canada. And then uh, three different Euros who also came through the Winterhawks are, are playing for their country. So Rodrigo Abels and Rihards Bukarts are playing for Team Latvia and Marcel Nobles for Team Germany. So at least there's four reasons to keep an eye on a, a, yeah, at least three of the teams in, in the uh, the winter games there for the hockey side and the men's side. Uh, I know the women's actually just kicked off this week, so it was crazy. I feel like that was the, this is the least talked about Olympics I for, know. I know for many reasons, I'm sure, because of what's going on in the world with, with the pandemic, but uh, it was crazy the other day just scrolling through and being like, oh my gosh, there's there's Olympic <laughs> hockey on right now? Like, I, I knew it was coming up. I knew it was in February, but you're thinking, well, it's before the opening you know, opening ceremony is like, what's going on? Um, I, I hope I hope the, the hockey side of it becomes exciting. Right now, not really intrigued sure. just because there's no NHL players. Uh, I, I feel like that was going to be a big win, but totally understand it. Like, get the situation, understand they had the pivot. But now the fact at least there's a couple winter hawks that, I can really glue in on and at least have some purpose of connecting to is totally. uh, hopefully the fans think the same and they can at least support those fu- th- those four if nobody else. Right, you get something to watch. Just don't ask Brad Marchand about that, okay? Don't get his opinion on <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the No, I had the same thing last night. I'm sitting around, and all of a sudden I'm just changing around channels, and I'm like, wait a minute. Can- Canada? And I turned, it was women hockey starting up. The yep. jerseys looked incredible, by the way. But I ended up, and then this morning on the air, by the way, uh, spoiler note, we're recording this on a Thursday. It will be published on a Friday. So you're asking why I'm saying last night and this morning. This morning, I get into the studio for the radio show. And, of course, the time difference is all that. It's USA Finland. I'm turning it on. It's like 2 nothing in the first period. Like, oh, my God. Okay. Here we go. The Winter Olympics have begun. Good point. That's probably the best time for your morning shifts. Oh, it's now great. you have to come in there sports on. <laughs> There's actually something going on. <laughs> There's on TV, something going right? on. You aren't oh, seeing the, uh, the old replay going on. <laughs> exactly. But, it's it's cool the Olympics are here. Obviously, there's no NHL break now, so it's nice they filled it with all the games that got postponed, yeah. so there was yeah. a good purpose, at least, where it's not like the NHL is going to stop. It is for the All-Star weekend, I guess, right now, uh, going into the weekend as we're talking, but um, then it kicks right back up, and there's a couple alumni there that will be certainly uh, you know, honing in on and wishing all the best for the second half of the season going to playoffs. I have one little off-topic. Uh, sure. uh, well, not even off topic, but just a little pivot here in, in the chat. Sure, fire away. Obviously, listening to the Jack was great. Um, I love the insight he gave, and I'll, I'll give one because I feel like I always have um, fans always kind of ask like sure. some things that go on. Here's something I don't know if everybody knows about the team on the road. So when you go on the road, you, you play, 
and you come back on the bus, the team will do, you know, they're going to shower, they have media availability, they're going to stretch, they're going to make sure they get on the bikes. All that's pretty standard. There's a post-game meal, which either is going to be at the rink or you're going to get back on the bus, you're going to go get takeout somewhere, which Rich Campbell always gets some, like, kind of Italian place or, you know, every once in a while they get a treat for some burgers, like sure. good old Dick's Burgers if you're up in uh, Spokane yeah. coming down. Nice there's, win, give them a, a little yes, celebration. Yes, there's always, like, a routine there, which is which is cool. So I know you're talking about, like, superstitions with, with Jack. That's, like, kind <laughs> of a, it's, like, not a superstition, but it's just, like, a very normal routine of, you always kind of know what food's coming in each spot. Uh, so I think that's an interesting caveat that maybe not everybody knows. And uh, possibly you've heard it in the VMC, but hopefully not a lot because we don't want other teams winning uh, when they come play Portland. But whenever you win on the road, you get two points for a win, right? Everyone knows that. Well, did you know that you always do two honks on the bus? The team gets on the bus, and the bus driver will let up two big honks. So I did and, not know that. And the team gets absolutely riled up for it. Um, so just kind of talking with Jack, and, and it kind of made me think, too, about the rivalry when you were asking about the question. And, and I was thinking, yeah, you know what? And those, those honks are louder yeah. in those rivalry games. So it's really cool. For, so for the example, in that Teddy Bertoss game that Seattle had, and the team came back and won, the teams come back on the bus, and everyone's very, like, they're chatty, but there's no, there's not, like, a crazy energy. It's just, like, an excitement. Like, everyone's getting off their suits. They're kind of getting their comfies, you know, throwing some sweats to just take the drive home. And uh, then all of a sudden, uh, Kimber goes up there, and he, he learns. <laughs> he's, he's first time he's kind of doing a full year for us, and, and he goes, okay, I got to, you know, he's probably thinking, I got to really send it. <laughs> just two big, big honks, and the boys just love it. Ah, it was clapping like some good choice words being shared, but it kind of sure. just builds up that that group, and uh, they'll they'll always kind of yell out too because they there was a uh, our, our old driver for many years was Kevin, and uh, Kevin since moved on, he's getting ready for like oh, retirement, man. so he wanted to move with his family. So every time like, ah, babe, Kevin, <laughs> even though it's Kimber, Kimber's sure. driving the bus still, yeah. but, and they know Kimber, but it's you know it's something that kind of just stuck in terms of a uh, just a good tradition of they always honk twice for a win because it's like a deserve like the bus is going home two points heavier so that's kind yeah. of the mantra behind that. I love that man that's a great look behind the scenes that is so cool I have, I have to imagine that the honks on Saturday night were the loudest honks of the year. Oh they were great yeah. they were phenomenal and there were a couple times too where every once in a while like when you're in Kelowna like because this is the example you're in Kelowna and the team got the two points but it's a long road trip and it sure. kind of come out and you go a little eh like it's it's a good two horn, and yeah. then all the guys are like, "We need better. <laughs> <laughs> Do it again. Like run it back." <laughs> so Wasn't loud enough. Exactly. But of course, you get those U.S. division games, like the one on Saturday, especially, and how big and emotional that was. You. The bus driver's now figured up. Kimber's been dialed in this year, so he knows uh, what to do. He knows when to when to fully send on the horn. <laughs> oh man, I love that. I, I think fans really love uh, the behind the scenes of just kind of what goes on because I mean they love following it. They come to the games, they read the stories, right? You get to know the players a little bit, but there's right. so much behind the scenes that they had no clue. And so that's a great anecdote. Any other good promotions coming up that I'm missing out on? I know hockey for everyone coming up on the 19th. Yes. Um, no, a couple other tricks up our sleeve in February. Don't want to don't want to pre-release it. But on that twentieth, there'll be a special night uh, that's okay. getting planned. Um, I'll, I'll we'll share it next podcast. Okay. Everything will be ready by then. Just gotta make sure all the eyes are dotted, T's are crossed before I break it on the podcast. Um, yeah, 
Otherwise, it's uh, Black Hockey History Night in the 19th, also a battle with Seattle. It's a televised yep. game on CW, yep. so lots cooking that game. And only only three home games in February, so we aren't missing a ton. Uh, but that's a little sad, obviously. Not going to sure. have as much, so make sure if you're a fan, you, you certainly come out and support the team. They, they love it. Uh, you kind of heard Jack. like He loves having that home energy behind him, too, as much as yeah. he hates being on the road. <laughs> um, so you really do play a factor in, in all these games. And then March, busy slate, so buckle up for that. Plenty of promos coming up there. I know mascot night's coming up around in, in March and uh, we'll continue the Hockey's for Everyone series, the women in hockey and uh, a couple community skates as well that fans want to kind of come out again and, and skate in the VMC ice. They could do that on February 20th, February 25th and March 5th. Um, so those are a nice little event. Just Perfect. a couple bucks to come in. If you have, if you need rental skates, you can get them. If you have your own skates, even better. Bring your own skates and uh, at least kind of nice just to be able to skate in the VMC ice in a more Very like public, cool. public community skate type of setting. Right. I love that one. And it's a good reminder, too, to the fans that with such minimal games, it's a, it's a sense of urgency this month. Right? Yes. I mean, there's been some months where it feels like there's a game every weekend or two games every weekend, right? You're like, ah, I'll get to one next week. Okay. Not this month. You only got three. So yep. make sure you get out here. Well, they're playing great, buddy. It's great to be back at the VMC recording this, and I can't wait to do it again in two weeks. Thanks, as always. Likewise. Well, that will do it for us here on Episode 9 of the Portland Winterhawks Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this one. I cannot thank Nick Merrick and Jack O'Brien enough for hopping on. I really hope you enjoyed uh, getting to know Jack a little bit better and the -the behind-the-scenes look that he provided. Nick is always great in this team, man. Woo! They are playing some incredible hockey. They have turned a page here in the last uh, month and a half or so, and you got to go all the way back to find a regulation loss for this team The last one was on December 17th on the road in Spokane, the last time this team lost a game in regulation. An incredible stretch. We'll see if it continues. Here's what the schedule looks like. Just two games this weekend. I know the team is excited about that. Get a little bit of extra rest. They do have a midweek game next week back at home. Uh, On the road in Tri-City tonight. On the road in Spokane tomorrow. And then, as I mentioned, back at home against Spokane on Wednesday. And make sure you're getting out and supporting these guys because there's not many home games here in the month of February. You only have the Wednesday game against Spokane. Then you got to go all the way up until February 19th, a Saturday TV game. Another hockey is for everyone night. And then Sunday, February 20th. That is it until you get into March. So only three home games in the entire month of February. Make sure you're out at the Coliseum supporting these guys. And let's see how long this streak can keep up. 14 straight games with a point, seven straight games now that they've won. They're playing as good hockey as anybody in the entire Western Hockey League. Thanks so much again for tuning in to Episode 9 of the Portland Winterhawks Podcast. I can't thank you enough for the support and listening to this point in the season, and we're just getting started. The fun is just beginning. We'll talk to you again coming up in two weeks. Let's go, Hawks. came from his office said, son, can I help you? Looked at him and said, yes. Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni Yes, I do You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever Or you could conquer the weekend In the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 